Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Oh, hello, we're back, and we're actually being consistent because school's back in and it forces us to be on a schedule. Right, Peyton? <laughs> okay, we're jumping right into it. A series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket, book the sixth, The Ursat's Elevator, chapter eight. I'm dreaming, Duncan Quagmire said. His voice was hoarse and whispered of utter shock. I must be dreaming. But how can you be dreaming? Isadora asked him if I'm having the same dream. Once I read about it, I read about a journal. Once I once read about a journalist, Duncan whispered, who was reporting on reporting on a war and was imprisoned by the enemy for three years. Each morning she looked out of her cell window and thought she saw her grandparents coming to rescue her, but they weren't really there. It was a hallucination. I remember I remember reading about a poet, Isadora said, who would see six lovely maidens in his kitchen on Tuesday nights, but his kitchen was really empty. It was a f- Fanta- uh, phantasm. I don't know what that word is. Phantasm? Okay. No, Violet said and reached her hand between the bars of the cage. The quagmire triplets shrank back to the cage's far corner as if Violet were a poisonous spider instead of a long-lost friend. It's not a hallucination. It's me, Violet Baudelaire. And it's really Klaus, Klaus said. I'm not a phantasm. Sunny, Sunny said. But the Baudelaire orphans blinked in the dark, straightening their eyes to see as much as possible. Straining their eyes to see as much as possible. Straightening their eyes. Come on, man. Now, now that they were no longer dangling from the end of the rope, they were able to get a good look at the gloomy surroundings. Their long climb ended in tiny, filthy room, in a tiny, filthy room with nothing but a rusty cage and the extension cord that clinked against the boat. But Baudelaire, blah, blah, blah. But the Baudelaire saw that the passageway continued with a long hallway, just as a shadowy, just as shadowy as the elevator shaft that twisted and turned into the dark. The children also got a good look at the quagmires, and the view was no less gloomy. They were dressed in tattered rags, and their faces were so smeared with dirt that the Baudelaire's might not have recognized them if the two triplets had been holding the notebook they took with them wherever they went. But, with them wherever they went. But it was not just the dirt on their faces or the clothes on their bodies that made the quagmires look so different. It was the look in their eyes. The quagmire triplets looked exhausted, and they looked hungry, and they they looked very, very frightened. But most of all, Isadora and Duncan looked haunted. The word haunted, I'm sure that you usually know, or that you know usually applies to a house a graveyard or a supermarket that has ghosts living in it but the word can also be used to describe people who have seen and heard such horrible things that they feel as if ghosts are living inside them haunting their brains and hearts with misery and despair the quagmires looked this way and that and broke the baudelaire's heart and it broke the baudelaire's hearts to see their friends so desperately sad is it really you duncan said squinting at the baudelaire's from the far end of the cage can it really be you Oh, yes, Violet said, and found that her eyes were filled of tears. 
It's really the Baudelaire's, Isadora said, stretching her hand out to meet Violet's. We're not dreaming, Duncan, they're really here. Klaus and Sonny reached into the cage as well, and Duncan left his corner to, to the Baudelaire's as best as he could from behind the bars. The five children embraced as much as they could, half laughing and half crying because they were all together once more. How in the world did you know where we are, Isadora said. We don't even know where we are. Well, you're in a secret passageway inside of 667 Dark Avenue, Klaus said. But we didn't know you'd be here. We were just trying to find out what Gunther, that's what Olaf is calling himself now, was up to. And our search led us all the way down here. I know what he's calling himself, Gunther, uh, Duncan said, and I know what he's up to. He shuddered and opened his notebook, which the Baudelaire's remembered was dark green and looked black in the gloom. But looked black in the gloom. Every second that we spend with him, all he does is brag about his horrible plans. And when he's not looking, I write everything down, he tells us, so that I don't forget it. Even though I'm a kidnapped victim, I'm still a journalist. And I'm still a poet, Isadora said, opening her notebook, which the Baudelaire's remembered was black, but now looked even blacker. Listen to this. On auction day, when the sun goes down, Gunther will sneak us out of town. How will he do that, Violet asked. The police have been informed of your kidnapping and are on the lookout. I know, Duncan said. Gunther wants to smuggle us out of the city and hide us away from, hide us away on some island that we until we come of age and he can steal the quagmire sapphires once he has our fortune he says he'll take us and don't say it isadora cried covering her ears he's told us too many horrible things and i can't stand to hear them again don't worry isadora klaus said we'll alert alert the authorities and they'll arrest him before you can do they can do anything but it's almost too late duncan said the auction is tomorrow morning he's going to hide us inside one of those items and have one of his associates place the highest bid which item? Violet asked. Duncan flipped the pages of his notebook and read wide-eyed as he referred to some of the wretched things that Gunther had said. Had said, I don't know, he said. He told us too many haunting secrets, Violet. So many awful schemes, all of the treachery that he's done in the past, and all he's planning to do in the future. It's here in this notebook from VFD, all, this, all the way to this terrible auction plan. We have plenty of time to discuss everything, Klaus said, but in the meantime, let's get you out of this cage before Gunther comes back. What do you think you can... Violet, do you think you can pick this lock? Violet took the lock in her hands and squinted in the gloom. It's pretty complicated, she said. He must have bought himself an extra difficult lock after I broke into the suitcase where he was when he was living with Uncle Monty. If I had some tools, maybe I could invent something, but there's absolutely nothing down here. Ogin, Sonny asked, which means something like... Could you saw through the bar? Could you saw through the bars of the cage? No, not saw. Violet said quickly, as if she was talking to herself. But I do have time to manufacture a saw. Maybe her voice trailed off, but the other children could see in the gloom that she was tying her hair up with a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes. Look, Duncan, Isadora said, she's thinking up an invention. We'll be out of here in no time. Every night since we've been kidnapped, Duncan said, we've been dreaming of the day that we would see Violet Baudelaire inventing something that could rescue us. If we're going to rescue you in time, Violet said, thinking ferociously, then my siblings and I have to climb back up to the penthouse right away. Isadora looked nervously around the tiny dark room. You're going to leave us alone, she asked. If I'm going to invent something to get you out of this cage, Violet replied, I'll need all the help I can get. So Klaus and Sunny have to come with me. 
Sunny, start climbing. Klaus and I will be right behind you. On the Sue, Sunny said, which meant, yes, ma'am. And Klaus lifted her at the end of the rope so she could begin the long, dark climb back up to the squalor's apartment. Klaus began climbing right behind her and Violet clasped her hands with her friends. We'll be back as soon as we can, she promised. Don't worry, Quagmires, you'll be out of danger before you know it. In case anything goes wrong, Duncan said, flipping the page in his notebook, like I did the last time, let me tell you. Violet placed his, her finger on Duncan's mouth. Shush, she said. Nothing will go wrong this time, I swear. But if it does, Duncan said, you should know about VFD before the auction begins. Don't tell me about it now, Violet said. We don't have time. Why would she say that? Ugh. You'll, you'll be all safe and sound. The eldest Baudelaire grabbed the end of the extension cord and started following her siblings. I'll see you soon, she called down to the quagmires, who were already fading into the darkness as she began her climb. I'll see you soon, she said again, just as she lost the sight of them. The climb back up the passageway was much more tiring, but a lot less terrifying, simply because they knew what they had to find on the other end of the airsats rope. On the way down the elevator shaft, the Baudelaire's had no idea what would be waiting for them at the bottom of such a dark and cavernous uh, ca cavernous journey. But Violet, Klaus, and Sunny knew that all 71 bedrooms of the squalor penthouse would be at the top. And it was these bedrooms, along with the living rooms and dining rooms and breakfast rooms and snack rooms and sitting rooms and standing rooms and ballrooms and bathrooms and kitchens and assortment of rooms that seemed to have no purpose at all, that would be helpful in rescuing the quagmires. Listen to me, Violet said to her siblings. After they've been climbing for a few minutes, when we get up to the top, I want the two of you to search the penthouse. What, Klaus said, peering down at the sister. We've already searched it yesterday, remember? I don't want you to search it for Gunther, she replied. I want you to search it for a long, slender objects made of iron. Agula, Sunny said, which meant, what for? I think the easiest way to get the quagmires out of the cage will be by welding... By welding, Violet said. Welding is when you use something with very hot metal. If we melt through the iron, through the few of the iron bars, we can make the door and get Duncan and Isadora out of there. That's a good idea, Klaus agreed. But I thought that welding required a lot of complicated equipment. Usually it does, Violet said, in a normal welding situation. I'd use a welding torch, which is a device that makes a very small flame to melt the metal. But the scholars don't have a welding torch. That's a tool, and tools are out. So I'm going, I'm going to devise another method. When you two find a long, slender object made of iron, meet me in the kitchen closest to the front door. Cell rep, Sunny said, which meant something like, that's the one with the bright oven, bright blue oven. Right, Violet said, and I'm, sh and I'm going to use that bright blue oven to heat up those objects as hot as they can get. And when they're burning, burning hot, we'll take them back down to the cage and use their heat to melt the bars. Will they stay hot long enough to work? Klaus said, uh, after such a long climb down, Klaus said. They'd better, Violet grimly said. It's our only hope. He to hear the phrase, our only hope, makes <sighs> one anxious because it means... That if the only hope doesn't work, there's nothing left. And that pleasant that is never pleasant to think about. The three Baudelaire's felt anxious about the fact that Violet's invention was their only hope of rescuing the quagmires. And they were quiet the rest of the way up the elevator shaft, not wanting to consider what would happen if Duncan and Isadora... To uh, Duncan and Isadora, if this only hope didn't work. Finally, they began to see the dim light from the opening sliding doors... 
At last, they were once again to the front door of the squalor's apartment. Remember, Violet whispered, long slender objects made of iron. We can't use bronze or silver or even gold because those melt. Those will melt in the oven. I'll see you in the kitchen. The youngest Baudelaire nodded solemnly and followed the two different trails of breadcrumbs in the opposite direction while Violet walked straight into the kitchen with a bright blue oven and looked around uncertainly. Cooking had never been her forte. A phrase here which means something that she couldn't do very well for except for making toast and sometimes burning it to a crisp or even in when she was a bit nervous about using the oven without and she was a bit nervous about using the oven without any adult supervision but then she had thought all about the things that she had done recently without adult supervision sprinkling sprinkling crumbs on the floor, eating apple butter, climbing down an empty elevator shaft with an ersatz rope made of extension cords, curtain poles, neckties tied together with the devil's tongue, and stiffened her resolve. She turned the oven's bright blue temperature to the highest degree, 500 degrees Fahrenheit, and then, as the oven slowly heated, began quietly opening and closing the kitchen drawers, looking for three sturdy oven mitts. The oven mitts, as you probably know, are kitchen accessories used to that serve as an ersatz hand by enabling you to pick up objects that would burn your fingers if you touched them directly. The Baudelaire's would have to use oven mitts, Violet realized, once the long slender objects were hot enough to be used as welding torches. Just as her siblings entered the kitchen, Violet found three oven mitts emblazoned with the fancy curling writing of the of the boutique stuffed at the uh, in Oh my gosh. Fancy in Oh my goodness. Violet found the three ornaments in emblazoned with fancy curling writing of the inn boutique stuffed into the bottom of the ninth drawer she had opened. We hit the jackpot, Klaus whispered, and Sunny nodded in agreement. The two younger Baudelaire's were using an expression here which meant, "Look at these fire tongs. They're perfect." And they were absolutely right. Fireplaces must have been in at some point, Klaus explained, holding up the three long slender pieces of iron, because Sunny remembered that the living room with six fireplaces, between the ballroom with the green walls and the bathroom with the funny-looking sink, next to the fireplace, there are tongs. You know these long pieces of iron that people use to move logs around and keep fire going? I figured that if they can touch burning logs, they'll be able to survive a hot oven. You really, you really did hit the jackpot, Violet said. Fire tongs are perfect. Now I open the doors of the oven and you put them in, Klaus. Sunny, stand back. Babies should not be near a hot oven. Prattle waddle, Sunny said, as she meant something like, older children aren't supposed to be near a hot oven either, either especially without an adult supervision. But she understood that it was an emergency and crawled to the opposite end of the kitchen where she could safely watch her siblings put the long, slender tongs in the hot oven. Like most ovens, the squalor's bright blue oven was designed for baking cakes and casseroles, not fire tongs, and it was impossible to shut the doors of the oven with the long pieces of iron inside. So, the Baudelaire orphans waited for the piece of iron to heat up onto the welding torches of the kitchen, and the kitchen heated up as well. As some of the hot air from the oven escaped by the open door, by the time Klaus got asked if the welding torches were ready the kitchen felt as if it were an oven instead of merely containing one not yet violet replied peering carefully into the oven door the trips 
The tips of the tongs are just beginning to get yellow with heat. We need them to be white with heat so that it will be a few minutes. I'm nervous, Klaus said, and then corrected himself. I mean, I'm anxious. I don't like leaving the quagmires down there alone. I'm anxious too, Violet said, but the only thing we can do now is wait. If we take the iron out of the oven now, it won't be any use by the time we get down all the way to the cage. Klaus and Sunny sighed, but they nodded in agreement with their sisters settling down to wait for the welding torches to be ready. And as they waited, it felt as if this particular kitchen in the squalor penthouse was being remodeled before their very eyes. When the Baudelaire searched the apartment to see if Gunther was holding it, they found they had left breadcrumbs in the assortment of bedrooms, living rooms, dining rooms, breakfast rooms, snack rooms, sitting rooms, standing rooms, reading rooms, bathrooms, and kitchens, as well as those rooms that seemed to have no purpose at all. But the one type of room that the squalor penthouse lacked was a waiting room. Waiting rooms, as I'm sure... Hey, I thought I read waiting rooms. Waiting rooms, as I'm sure you know, are small rooms with plenty of chairs for waiting, as well as piles of old, dull magazines to read, and some vapid paintings. The word here, vapid, means usually containing horses in a field or puppies in a basket, while you endure boredom at the, that the doctors and dentists inflict on their patients before bringing them to poke them and prod them and do all those miserable things that people do that people are paid to do it is very rare to have a waiting room in someone's home because even as enormous as the squalors does not contain a doctor's or a dentist office and also because waiting rooms are uninteresting that you are so uninteresting that you would never want one in the place where you live the Baudelaire's had certainly washed that wish that the squalors had a waiting room in their penthouse but as they sat and waited for violet's invention to be ready to use they felt as if the rooms were suddenly in and esme had ordered one construction right there in the kitchen the kitchen cabinets were not painted with horses and fields and puppies and baskets and they were not old dull magazines and articles printed with bright bright blue stove but as the three children waiting waited for iron objects to turn yellow then orange, then red, and then grew hotter and hotter until they felt some itchy nervousness that they did when waiting for a trained medical professional. But at last, the fire prongs were white, hot, and ready for their welding appointment with the thick iron bars of the cage. Violet passed out an oven mitt to each of, their sibling, each of her siblings and then put the third one on her own hand to carefully remove each tongue from the oven. Hold them very carefully, she said, giving the ersatz welding torch to each of her siblings. They're hot enough to melt metal, so just imagine what it could do to us. But I'm sure we can manage. It'll be tougher to go down this time, Klaus said. He followed his sister to the front door of the penthouse. He held his fire tongue straight up as if it was a regular torch instead of a welding one. And he kept his eye on the white hot part so that he wouldn't brush against against anything or anybody we'll have to keep one hand free to hold the torch but i'm sure we can manage uh zestelin sunny said when the children realized that sliding down doors of the ersatz elevator she meant something along the lines of it'll be terrifying to climb down that horrible passageway again but after zelston after she said zelston she added the word 
Inipi, which means, but I'm sure we can manage, and the youngest Baudelaire was as sure as her siblings. The three children stood at the edge of the dark passageway, but but they did not pause to gather their courage as they had done before the first descent to the gaping shaft. Their welding torches were hot, as Violet had said, and going down would be tough, as Klaus had said, and the climb would be terrifying, as Sunny had said, but the siblings looked at one another and they knew they could manage. The quagmire triplets were counting on them, and the Baudelaire orphans would sure, were sure that this is the only hope that would work after all. All right. What do you think happens, Pei? Do you know what happens? Oh, come on. She knows that. She's already done these. Well, I haven't read this book, so let's see how it goes. Mm, kind of, but kind of not.